So this project um, began uh, in some conversations between uh, myself and uh, Christopher Taylor, a professor of English here at University of Chicago. Um, and we were thinking about the project of um, uh, gathering data on uh, African-Americans in the Civil War and both during and after the Civil War. Uh, so I've been working on that for a while in my own work, uh, looking at African-American soldiers who fought for the Union Army. And we can sort of look at their pension records and, and we can make that data available to genealogists who are particularly interested in that work. Um, but we were interested in lots of other projects that were doing similar work around the country, uh, one of which was Alicia's work on um, uh, the contraband camps and the registers of the contraband camps. I, I think it's been, I, I lose track, but I think it's been at least five years that John and I have been talking. Um, and these are kindred projects. The, the time that he has spent researching soldiers' records and digitizing them, and my doing the same with the contraband camp records. So we've been having conversations all along, and then we also worked on an NEH together. And so when this came along, we had already been involved with sort of networking with related projects and um, articulating common goals, et cetera, et cetera. And so this was, um, I told John when he asked me to come, I told him this was just straight from heaven um, because these kinds of records that we're looking at have so much social relevance and it's just exciting, really, really exciting to be able to work on these. As I was saying, there, there are actually quite a lot of projects um, around uh, today. Uh, a lot of genealogists are very interested in um, gathering uh, data on um, emancipated people uh, and former, formerly enslaved people. Um, and uh, that's something that, that many of the main um, genealogical websites often lack. Um, so, so there's a there's a place to to, to sort of fill that that void, and then also in in the terms of people like me, researchers who are interested in uh, analyzing the dynamics of emancipation at a kind of more fine grained level. Um, you know, there's plenty of of work to be done, uh, gathering data, um, analyzing it, um, and so I I am working on the soldiers, but many others are working on um, things like. Uh, advertisements that formerly enslaved people would post in newspapers that enabled them to reconnect with family members and sort of dig digitizing and putting those online. Others have worked on, uh, there's a huge project now on uh, fugitive slaves in the, in the antebellum period. Um, but the thing that really interested me about um, Alicia's project is A, that it's a, it's, it's, it, it's a, 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 what's happening in the civil war is that essentially refugee camps are being formed, and those those refugee camps on the Union Army lines primarily are the first point of contact of people fleeing slavery. Um, in in and and it's the first time that they're in any any evidence of their lives is usually recorded. Um, and many many of the soldiers uh, that I study, uh, that was for them also the first time that they that any aspects of their lives were recorded was in the. In, in their arrival at these refugee camps and the registers that um, Alicia has been digitizing and making available online, uh, which show the family connections often uh, between soldiers and, and wives and children, uh, which I had not been able to analyze by before because I'd only had the, the, um, the army records, which just focus on the men. Um, 
the, 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 other, the other thing we often show is like how far people have traveled uh, to arrive at these um, uh, refugee camps because they tell you where people were from. And that's a hugely important piece of information for historians, people who study the, the practices of emancipation as we describe our project, is to see in the records themselves, the evidence of um, uh, the efforts that people have gone to, to, uh, to flee slavery and to free themselves uh, in the midst of a civil war prior to the Emancipation Proclamation, right? Prior to the Union Army officially emancipating people, people are emancipating themselves. And Alicia's records show that in, in, in the most fine-grained way by, by showing how individuals uh, travel to get to these refugee camps. So as I was saying, um, the, the, the work that we're doing here on soldiers, African-American soldiers, um, it's only it's quite limited in the sense that it's only allowed, we're only allowed to only enables us to look at um, at men and it only enables us to uh, observe people from the point at which they signed up in which they enlisted in the Union Army and my my kind of dream is that that the soldiers in my database will be linked to uh, wives and children or actually soldiers themselves sometimes. Uh, in the contraband camp registers that, that Alicia is digitizing. So the idea of bringing our projects together uh, in the Neubauer Collegium was really uh, the hope that the actually the databases that we're working on uh, can be linked and, and that we can, and even if we can't link all the individuals, which obviously that 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 would be difficult, maybe, and we're finding that it's, it's quite, it's harder than we thought, um, we can certainly um, show the spatial connections, the way that the contraband camps um, that these refugee camps, which were called contraband camps, the way that they can um, demonstrate movement of, of, of people in the midst of a, of a, of a process of emancipation and a war um, can, can be kind of compared to the movements that I can observe that the soldiers uh, made during, during the war. Uh, and even after the war in their pension records, we can follow them as they move. So in a way, our projects are all about movement and insofar as we can map those movements, I think that we'll be able to kind of achieve uh, more together than we can each individually uh, separately. Yeah, I will ditto everything that John said. Um, one thing he didn't mention um, was that I was to spend a month in Washington, D.C., um, seeing if we could find even more contraband uh, camp records. Actually, uh, we began this project, or I began the fellowship with at least 50 already. Um, and that may not sound like a huge number to, um, you know, people who aren't doing this work. But when you're talking about African American history and emancipation, and not only that, but African Americans naming their former owners, uh, and naming where, you know, they, they were located before coming to these refugee camps, it's huge, it's really deep. So we were hoping to find more and not being able to go to DC at first was a bummer. Um, but in fact, uh, probably, I don't know, around January, we found more online. Um, and John sort of tweaked um, me uh, when he made contact with the uh, family search staff uh, through the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. We had a series of conversations with them. And then I just started, um, looking into the Freedmen's Bureau records, which I hadn't really spent a lot of time recently, the um, majority of the contraband uh, camp records are from the Provost Marshal records. And I had spent really probably the last two or three years there and hadn't spent a lot of time in the Freedmen's Bureau records. So as a result, we have um, fresh 
new 30 new contraband camp records um, that we will be looking at. And what's really exciting about that is that we pull in some states that hadn't been represented in the first um, data set. Uh, and also we sort of are destabilizing, I think a little bit, our whole notion of contraband camp register. Because in fact, these are in some cases um, plantations, former plantations or really operating plantations even after the war. Um, in some cases, uh, they are what we would call freedmen's villages. So there are some social experiments going on in these different um, locations. And so we're seeing other information that we haven't received and necessarily through looking at the contraband camp registers. So, you know, many more, I think, uh, intellectual uh, developments than what we even um, thought at the outset. Probably another highlight, honestly, I've never had grad students to help me with my research. And so I have experienced not so much for the first time having a team because, you know, anyone who's working today is pretty much working um, in a team format, but to be able to work with two really, really smart student, um, certainly uh, graduate students who know the ins and outs of different digital tools. Um, you know, I was going to make a little joke that I've learned a new alphabet. John knows that the technical stuff challenges me completely. But every week we talk about R, you know, programming language and GIS coding and all of these things. And the students are doing mapping for us and linking. And it's just been a real education for me on the technical side. Yeah, so I'd just like to, actually, I also, it's the first time I've ever worked with graduate student researchers, and it is just a, a very different dynamic. It's amazing, uh, which is not to say that the working with undergraduates wasn't also fantastic. Uh, so uh, in the past, in this project, um, we've worked with undergraduates uh, working on things like um, cleaning and processing the, 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 the data that we've gathered. Um, and what we're doing now is is more sort of analyzing the data, and 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 so there's a different kind of skill set, and people um, who've really got an amazing skill set that really I find incredibly impressive, um, uh, and you know I'm learning a lot from them as well, um, doing this work of like linking the soldiers to others others in the refugee camps in the in the um, census, trying to find them in the census, and then doing this work of mapping them, like showing where they. Where they um, uh, where they're from and, and and building a kind of dynamic map, which is just a really beautiful work that both of these research assistants that we're working with have done. One of the things that I have also devoted time to is just doing reading that I hadn't been able to do before. Um, so as soon as I got here to the university, of course, I visited the library. Um, via, via the website. I've been over there as well, but via its website. And I've discovered, I haven't really talked to John much about this, but I've discovered that Chicago holds a number of, of family papers for prominent families in Virginia. And so we are most certainly talking about of the planter class. And so I know that John has as, as a sort of very long-term goal to be able also to 
locate and connect the African-Americans we're seeing in these records to those persons who quote unquote owned them um, 1860 and earlier. And what I'm discovering is that um, in many cases, these very well-to-do families uh, migrated to Tennessee and Mississippi and, and Kentucky in groups. And so we're going to find that, um, you know, a lot of the papers that we have access to at the university here is going to give us uh, deep information, you know, deep knowledge um, about these persons. And so that's been really exciting. The whole time I've been here, I've been thinking about uh, the degree of migration from Mississippi and Tennessee to Chicago. And I'm like, I'll bet if we were to make, uh, well, two things. One, continue to make these records very publicly accessible, but also possibly to involve uh, University of Chicago students in this work, um, even at the undergrad level. Like for instance, at Rust, I've been sort of working it into the writing curriculum, this kind of um, research, undergraduate research opportunity. I think that it'd be a good guess, I think, a very good um, probability that we would be able to make some connections to families here in Chicago. Just to, just to, just to add a little bit to that, I mean, I, I, I thought when I went starting this project that, you know, it would, it would at least, it would serve at least two purposes, right? That my work would both enable us to uh, find out more about the dynamics of emancipation, the historical facts of a, about it, and it would also be useful for um, African American genealogists who are looking to uh, f find and ultimately trace their families back into um, uh, the antebellum South, um, which is something that's very difficult to do with existing tools like, like the census. Um, but what I've to totally discovered this year is, is that um, that this these data that we're collecting will also enable people who are descended from slave owners to find out about their historical linkages to those families. And I, I'm only just beginning to kind of grapple with what the implications of that are. And we're in negotiation with Family Search to sort of think about how that kind of data could be presented to people who are interested. Um, but, you know, I think it's really fascinating. So I'm, I'm excited about the project and I'm really excited to work with Alicia on this.